Kia ora, koto everyone. Um, welcome to what day is it? Don't even know. Mama's locked down to me. This is um, episode 475,000, feels like. Um, I've got the most amazing woman on the call with me today, um, Lauren Bath, who is, I love this list, Australia's first professional Instagrammer. Um, mama to new baby girl, eight weeks old, um, and is at home with you on the Gold Coast? I am. You are on the Gold Coast. So it's snowing here today in Queenstown. What is it going on for you? <laughs> it's actually not too bad. The weather is really delightful. We had such a long, hot summer, and being pregnant through that and then having a newborn was not fun. <laughs> so I'm actually really enjoying the, the cooler weather that's been moving through oh yes we had we've had some amazing weather autumn everyone's had their cameras out in their back gardens and then yes this morning it just went <sighs> so whatever um so i start this by asking um who's in your bubble so that's what we talk about in new zealand who's in your bubble at the minute in your house so i am incredibly lucky that my husband and i new husband we got married this year it is <laughs> we did. Um, my husband and I live with my mother and her partner, my stepfather, and obviously our new little girl, Markia. So there is five of us in our bubble. It is working out surprisingly well. We're not in full lockdown in Australia, and my stepfather is working at the moment. Um, Bobby, his name is. So Bobby's cool. actually off to work five days a week, which means there's only four of us rattling around in the apartment, and yeah. that works out pretty well. It's only a small place, but um, but we all have enough space, usually. So you've got new transitions anyway, and then, you know, oh, look, the world unleashed a pandemic whilst after you've had a baby, you know, random. Um, so lots of transitions for you. What have you noticed? What have you noticed pre the thing, and what have you noticed now? Pre the baby or pre the pandemic? Probably pre-pandemic. So what have you noticed about yourself? Uh, well, the interesting thing is that Markia was born, I think it was about a week before it was announced as a pandemic. So she was actually born at a hospital that had the first coronavirus cases for Queensland. Wow. So we were already aware of the virus and, and what was happening when she was born. And not long after she was born, it was announced that it was in fact a pandemic. And they started, the Australian government started talking about the different stages and the restrictions and the lockdown. So for me, they kind of go hand in hand. And it's funny because, I mean, the first thing you notice, and, and I've only really been able to articulate this recently, but I think the predominant feeling for new mothers is simply overwhelm. You know, we're, we're trying to learn a whole bunch of new skills all at once. In real <laughs> but time nobody tells you what to do. <laughs> but nobody tells you. And it's a real live human being that you love with every single ounce of your being. So it's, it's quite overwhelming. Um, I, I had good, like I'd set intentions going into motherhood. I didn't want to just be surprised and, um, and I wanted to be a conscious and present parent. And I knew I also, it was really important for me to, uh, you know, absorb the child into my life, not to sort of drop every part of myself. So getting out of the house each day, even when she was like a few days old was really important. Um, still connecting with my husband, still working, um, as controversial as that may sound. I was sort of back on emails quite soon and social Not media so. quite soon after she came along. And um, just trying to trying to get back to normal as quickly as possible, um, but whilst also being really kind and generous 
and understanding of myself when things didn't go according to plan, yeah. which obviously sleep deprivation sort of happens in different stages and it throws a big spanner <laughs> into the works and the emotions and the hormones that are going on. There's, there's quite a lot going on. And but, you, um, you, you quite quickly realize why they use sleep deprivation in in times of war because it, it it's like you can't you know everyone i said I, I remember saying to somebody like what sh- what can i do and they were like you can't prepare yourself you can't really you just kind of no. you you accept it's going to be crazy and you accept you're not going to sleep but you can't explain to somebody what no sleep feels like um and, and you know that whole i mean i i was working a week after i had my baby i opened my computer up and i said this is a part, a big love of my life, mm. as are you now, but the same thing. I want to be able to immerse myself in that world and work out what you need and have those conversations that keep me going creatively. Um, mm. But then you've also got this, this thing, I suppose, I suppose you, you, you know, like I saw a picture of yours that you put out about, I am going to be inside anyway, Do you know, I'm going to be in this bubble anyway so kind of it what an amazing actually what an amazing time because the rest of the world is (laughs) yeah it's um definitely for me the pandemic happened at a really awesome time (laughs) because you know everybody was indoors anyway I wasn't missing out on anything and actually work had to take a a step back because we had to sort of rethink everything we were doing we stopped marketing um which was for our next event our next travel boot camp event and, um, and the work just kind of dried off and the travel industry died. So emails slowed down and it was just awesome. Like I was literally able to not work without guilt at a time where I really just wanted to be present for my newborn. Yeah. And by the time I started coming out of that fog and that, that sort of, the, you know, the really intense bubble the first two weeks, um, I could start to slowly sort of dive back in and, and we're obviously pivoting in the business and there's a lot of strategy involved with that. And I don't know, just the timing of it all happened really, really well for me. Yeah. But I did hit a point last weekend where I was like, yeah, like I'm, I've come out of the bubble. I feel really confident now with her and all the feeding and sleeping is starting to fall into place. And um, like, I'm ready to join the world again. And then I was like, oh, wait, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, everyone's in their front rooms. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, all, all the things I wanted to do, I cannot do them. So that was, yeah, I mean, it's, I have good days and bad days and I'm a very optimistic person and I yeah. have good mindset and I work on my mindset, but still like it is, it's a crazy surreal thing, what we're going through. And totally. Yeah, and I was, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and I don't get much time to do it, but um, and I, I, I really, it really clicked for me in that whole thing about, you know, we teach children around about resilience and we, you know, we can be, we can do lots of mindfulness and we can be present, but actually resilience is like a muscle. You go to the gym and you stress your muscles and then they rebuild and they reform and they get stronger. And that thing of, we need stress in our lives to work through that stuff, but it's that sitting with that, awful stuff that we can go actually tomorrow will be different tomorrow will be different and tomorrow we'll have this thing come into it and that thing come into it and oh look there's another thing there and then you plop a baby in the middle of all that and a a new (laughs) husband and a family um and sleep deprivation and sleep deprivation and not eating properly that some people don't do and reading too much online and all that stuff and it's like whoa hang on how how do i how do i work this out for myself shutting off all that other stuff that's going on what works for me? What makes me work well in amongst all of this? 
because I know you've done I know you've done a lot of self work over the years um have you and the thing about noticing I suppose have you noticed how you've responded to that stuff have you had those internal conversations yeah I mean it hasn't even been many years I've effectively gone through this massive mindset journey in the last one year (laughs) yeah and um I mean I yeah, it's, it's been interesting and it's especially interesting because I like to be good at things and I like to nail things and for them to just work. And the <laughs> thing with mindset is it's a practice forever. And as soon as you open your eyes to this work, you cannot close them again. You know, all of these parts of your personality that you might have ignored or been disconnected from before you start this journey, there's no going back to that point. Once you're woke, you're woke. So <laughs> oh, I, um, I mean, I, I had so a big opinion. Much. So, so I mean, much. It's so true. And yeah. yesterday, you know, I'd, I'd had a few bad days where, I don't know, like I'm, I'm not falling into terrible habits, but I'm not as happy and joyful as I could be. And so yesterday afternoon, I went for my afternoon walk with Emmanuel and Dreamboat and Markia, and I bought my camera and my roller skates. I bought my camera and my roller skates with me and I put those skates on my feet and I was skating up and down the esplanade and taking pictures. And I had so much joy and I messaged Georgia, my business partner, Georgia Rickard, because we both, you know, we're going through a similar journey and it's like, we know the things that we do that make us happy and give us joy. We know, we all know. And if you don't know, like, I can't even stress enough how important it is to figure that out. It's yeah. different for every person. It's, it's practices. Like, is it exercise? Is it journaling? Is it swimming at the beach? Is it roller skating? Find those things that bring you into the present moment and allow you to just be who you are and to be joyful. Yeah. Yeah. And then don't fucking ignore them. Like, yeah, totally. so I know that these things make me them. joyful, but you do, you do ignore them because you get like you, it's almost like an addiction to be in these little slumps. Like we kind of like love dwelling in the muck sometimes and drowning in the muck. And like, I don't know, it, it obviously does something to our brain chemicals, but you know, pull yourself out of it, allow yourself to be joyful. Yeah, it's no, so much better. I completely agree with you. And I, I was in a similar, I go through those slumps, you know, drinking too much wine and not, Oh, I just don't want to drink today. Oh, I don't want to exercise today because it's raining or it's, uh. and then, I, and I remember Kate Rich saying to me, what is like, you can sit in your bed and watch Netflix all week. Like you can do that. You can be cozy and have your family around you and not do anything and it's fine. But at some point you have to pick up one thing that you love, which is, which is why I started this again. I was like, what's the thing that's not about making money, that's not about the stress of emailing and pitching and it's actually just sitting here talking to people. And she's like, there you go, that's it. It might turn into something, it might not. But actually I've had these joyful conversations with mums about what they're struggling with what they're absolutely loving doing having slowed down because they're at home with their kids um and i'm like that's it so why we do start to do we do that and then we come back and then we do that and we come back and i suppose that's that journey of learning about what it is that we find and also piling on top of the stuff all that avoidance stuff, you know, the boozing, the bad eating, the watching Netflix, the, 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 that we all do. And that's not yeah. awful or whatever, but it is, it's difficult. It's constant learning. Well, as Georgia says, we're all addicts on the spectrum. 
Oh, yeah. Netflix might not be a particularly damaging addiction, but it is an addiction. And it no, is no, annoying. true. Totally true. Yeah, yeah as, is, as is this. That I, oh, yes. That, that old I, chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> Deleting Facebook off my phone. Best thing I ever did. Um, so what's, what have you... I suppose what's changed for you in terms of, um, I know you say you want to, you want to kind of go back into that thing of working and loving what you do. What do you think has changed in terms of one work? I know that kind of travel world stopped and slowed down a lot, but also Mm. in terms of having a partner there who has got to be part of that. What has, has that changed since that small person's come along? I I genuinely believe that I would not have fallen pregnant if my mind wasn't in the right place. Mm-hmm. I just have this incredible feeling that this was fated to be. And for me, I started my mindset journey. I allowed my, my walls to come down. I embraced vulnerability. I fell pregnant through the, preg- through the process of being pregnant and preparing to have a child in my life. I started to get very razor, oh, razor, mum brain laser focused <laughs> on what I want in my are. career. That what doesn't come back, you know. <laughs> Once it's gone, it's gone. Uh, oh, what? I'm, I've, I've been told it comes back. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, ultimately, there's a lot of different things I've done in my, like, through this career. Um, online courses and conferencing and consultancy and travel, obviously, and sponsored posts. And I made the decision, you know, months before she came along, that my big focus and my big priority is to touch people. And at the moment, the vehicle for that is the travel boot camp, which is obviously the conference that I met you at. And it's an event that I run that teaches people how to get paid to travel. So how to monetize their passion. And, you know, we bring people into the room under the premise that they want to learn how to travel. But ultimately what we want to do is inspire them to do what gives them joy and makes them happy. And this, you know, this is a business that will evolve as we evolve. And ultimately what we want out of it is just to, you know, let people know that there is a better life for them. You know, there, there is, there is a life where you can do what you really, really love and for it to be enough and for it to give you enough money and enough security and to give you the happiness that you want. And, you know, it's, it's such an important thing for me to be doing that in my life. And that started when I first got on Instagram and people used to DM me and say, you're an inspiration or comment on my, on my pictures. And being being a role model and being a being an inspiration to people is really powerful and I think um, I think changing lives is no greater pursuit than that so I know that although I have to work and that does take me away from my baby like I want to be a woman that she's proud of growing up I want to be a strong role model for her and I want to continue you know working towards my life's purpose so yeah yeah no I'm, totally yeah. I, I I think that I, I did a I did a ra- a big triathlon race five months after giving birth. Too early, too early. I didn't oh pee. God. I didn't pee during the race. I was really happy. I was like, if I get to the end of this run and I don't pee myself, like I've made it. But the the look on her face when I came over the finish line, and the fact that I it was like this is Mum's thing. This is her thing that she has for herself, and she does it, and it looks quite hard, and she trains a lot. But it, the look on her face was like, oh, my God. And when I go and sit on my wind trainer to nowhere outside and she waves at me from the door, I want her to look and say, that's mum's thing. That's, yeah. that's, she, she's not given that up because of me. She's kept yeah. going with that thing, you know. It's um, important. It's so important. And I know that when I, I've said this to Kate before, um, you know, when I, I, 
when I, for, before I met you and before I met her, I was kind of in that whole, I am, you know, I still do that judge book by its cover and go, oh God, they're really intimidating and they're these businesswomen and they're going to be that type of person when I meet them. And I honestly have never met four kinder women in my life. Like I know a lot of kind women, but you, you have this un. And in this endless energy of taking people's information and, and their questions and going back to them and saying X, Y, Z, never getting really angry, never just going, this is the question you're asking me. And, and it might be full of anger or rage or sadness or guilt or shame. And actually this is my answer to you. And that, mm -hmm. that's, a, it's an amazing skill because I, I am, I get angry and, exacerbated and do you know what I do when I get I get triggered by all these things still even after working in a trauma I work in a trauma-enforced job and I still get but what about um but I've slowly started to stop and go what is it I'm trying to do here is this about ego probably yeah is this about me proving a point that actually this person is not going to even hear what I'm saying or it, it, what, what, is, what is it you're trying to do? Or actually just stopping and stepping back and then ca carrying on is probably the best thing you could do, you know? That is the work. Like, that, that is the <laughs> it's work. so hard. <laughs> I know. It's so hard. Yeah. My mum's like, you, you know, uh, uh, when you were born, Jane, we were like, can you just turn Jane off? And she's like, that's who you are. You're this thousand miles an hour, never slows down, finds it really hard to stop. Um, and I said to somebody yesterday, when, when our prime minister announced that we were going into level four um, and it was on my birthday, I burst into tears. One for, you know, the relief of, right, we're doing this now. We're doing it. We can't go out. We're staying in four weeks. But the absolute fear of being alone with my child for four weeks was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to be a good mom and not have other people be it help me and look after her and work and do all the things that I want to do. How am I going to do that? And, and it scared the absolute shit out of me. Yeah. But actually it's, it, I've learned so much stuff about myself through it um, yeah. and about her as a person that I've actually reconnected with her and oh worked my. out what's going on for her. Yeah. It's incredible, but it's, I think um, I, in a lot of ways, this pandemic is giving people exactly what they need. And I've seen that um, that repeated across so many people that I know. Like it's literally giving people exactly what they need to grow as people. Yeah. And I think the world is divided into people that you know that understand and see that, and they're sort of leaning into it. And people that are like, no, this is just all terrible. And people that are really yeah. resisting. Yeah. And a big theme, and and you know, I've just come off my boot camp um, weekly whip with our team, and the theme of our call was surrender. And it's just really interesting because this is such a process of surrender. And um, Georgia recommended, she just read a book on the weekend called The Surrender Experience. And for me, like just going through obviously such a huge life transition, like one of my intentions was to surrender and let go. And yeah, yeah it's good advice to people that are still in that resisting camp. <laughs> like this is all bad and wrong. And <laughs> that, was know, my, um, that was my... <laughs> that was my sister's first piece of advice to me when I got, when I had my baby was Jane, you're going to find it really damn difficult, but you're going to have to surrender to some of this stuff. And I was like, no. And I still part of me is a bit, no. And she's like, you have to, you just got to let it go. Just let yeah. it go. 
and be sad about some stuff that you can't do at the minute, but just let it go. Yeah, you know, so true. It is so hard. Um, hard. Mm-hmm. Is, there anyone, is there anyone you're worried about at the minute? That could be in a world scale or on a, on a, a, a macro scale. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I'm worried about a lot of people. Uh, just the, I think the mental health issues that will come out of this. Yeah. I think, um, there's going to be big repercussions for a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's hard to know how to resonate with people who are still really resisting everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, But in general, you know, society, we're so disconnected and, it, like in general, that's a bad thing, but with the pen- pandemic sort of on top of that, um, I think that there'll be some people really struggling. And that's why it's important for people that do have a public profile to be, you know, not, not making these people feel judged because even though I feel relatively good and optimistic most days, people yeah. that don't, I don't judge them for that. I'm not yeah. like snap out of it, like see the best <laughs> in the situation. You know. Um, that doesn't help. That doesn't help. Like I no. think the world needs more. The world just needs more empathy. Yeah. No, I, I hate the racism that I'm seeing. There was a video on the news yesterday about a you know a couple of young Chinese people buying formula in the shop here, and some white Australians were sort of attacking them for it. And I don't know. There's there's a lot of bad energy around, and I think a big lesson for everyone is just kindness and empathy yeah. and yeah 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 more of that connection human connection yeah so um the last thing i do is my quick fire are you ready Ooh, um mount, mountain or beach beach uh salty or sweet salty tough though yeah. <laughs> uh walking or biking walking uh ski snowboard or neither ski uh, I like you a lot. Um, <laughs> one album for lockdown. So what would be one album you would listen to over and over? Oh, geez. It would have to be an oldie. It would have to be a classic. Maybe Pearl Jam 10. Oh, nice. I knew we'd get on well. Um, <laughs> and one um, Netflix must do for people. Oh, uh, I mean, obviously Tiger King. I mean, <laughs> I haven't done it yet. I've not gone there. <laughs> it's actually dreadful. And I'm, I'm a conservationist. I love animals. And I still got so much guilty pleasure out of watching this show. I love and it. The poor animals in cages. It's, it's really quite dreadful, but very I've entertaining. Kind of, I've kind of hovered over it every night. And then every night I've gone, I just can't. Do it. It's enter- it is enter. It's. You can't look away. It's a train wreck. I know. God. Absolute train wreck. Uh, well, Lauren, thank you so much for giving up some of your time. Um, that was awesome. Amazing. Wonderful. Um, what are you doing for the rest of the day? What's the rest of the day look like for you? Well, I currently, as you can see, have my <laughs> sleeping my child. Arms. She's been sleeping a while and her neck is in an unusual position. Um, <laughs> I will likely feed her when she wakes up, feed myself and my husband. Um, I've got to book in a whole bunch of meetings and um, logistics for some work we've got coming up with boot camp. And I wanted to journal. Actually, Georgia and I are talking about journaling on our live this Sunday. So I've been practicing while well, my intention is to practice every day and order a couple of things online and maybe do an Instagram story. Amazing. So actually, my 
easy day is not it's that not. easy. I'll probably, I'll probably get like, one of those things done. It's all good. It's all <laughs> and good. that's a big You know, yeah. you intend to get it all done. And I when know. you don't, you surrender. Yeah, you do. You <laughs> surrender to it all. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Jane. And we'll speak to you soon. Awesome. Bye. Bye.